Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Right now on Fast, the sea of red to end the week on Wall Street. Major markets closing the day with steep losses, but off the lows of the session. So after all this week's volatility, where are we heading now? The chart master is here with some answers. Plus, the fattest trade in the market. That's what one of our traders is calling the recent flight to Fang. Why he doesn't think this flight to stability has much more room to run. And later, our chart of the week, the maybe unlikely place where investors were flocking to amid the broader market turmoil. But can this cryptic rally continue? That was a clue. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money. We're live at the Nasdaq market site in the heart of Times Square. On the desk tonight, Steve Brasso, Dan Nathan, and Jeff Mills. We start off tonight with the latest developments out of First Republic Bank. Shares down again in the after-hour session. The New York Times reporting the bank plans to raise more cash by selling shares privately. Um, Jeff has been in First Republic. We thought the cavalry came to the rescue, but there was this sort of you know, overarching question. What happens after 120 days of parking these deposits? The, the bank still needed capital. Well, that's exactly right. And that's why we didn't want to wait to find out, honestly. So we were in the name. It was a small position in one of our strategies, but we decided to get out earlier in the week, sort of regardless of what was going to happen, whether anybody was going to come to the rescue or not. And I think the the thought process was very simple in the sense that we didn't necessarily want to be overweight banks to begin with. We didn't love that exposure just cyclically, given where we are. So um, very simply, we took that into account. We said, look, there's a lot of hair on this. We don't know where it's going. Let's blow out of the equity when we can, because uh, there are a lot of questions around the names. But I want to underscore this, and that is, you know, you're not like a momentum trader. No, for sure not. Right. And so, so to decide to actually take a flyer in First Republic... That seems like a real departure. Well, this was something that we had owned for a long time. And we, uh, we initially yeah. bought it for fundamental reasons. More than anything, the private banking business, if you look at customer satisfaction surveys, I mean, through the roof sure. relative to a bank, it looks more like a tech company. So we thought the fundamental business was very sound. Obviously, when, when this came to light and looking at loan to deposit ratios and some of these other issues, um, clearly more exposed to a bank run than maybe some of the other smaller regional banks. So, yeah, for us, it was just time to move on. Yeah, 67% of all deposits were uninsured at First Republic at the end of last year. Yeah, so we were just talking about this as this news was coming out. So they're selling stock privately. What comes with that, right? So the stock's down 90% from its 2021 highs. You think about that, it had a similar market cap to Silicon Valley Bank back then. They had a similar deposit bait um, back then. And again, you guys have drawn out a, cu- a couple very big differences between this. But you look at the market cap of this company right now and the fact that it's down on the announcement that they're selling stock. I mean, the market is basically pricing the equity at zero. And I think that's something that financial um, investors are going to have to get used to. That's something out of the playbook going back to 2008 and 2009. And I'm not saying we're in that period, but there are stocks right now being priced that way. And I guess the question you have to ask yourself is what lies beneath? If these are the problem childs that are causing these extraordinary measures, and they are extraordinary, make no mistake about it, there are going to be bigger issues um, at larger banks too. And I don't mean bigger like systemic sort of thing, but there are going to be similar sorts of losses at much larger banks that we will be dealing with for the balance of this year. Yeah, I don't think the, the losses, to your point, when you get with when you start to overlay the the problem with the bigger banks, they're going to be incremental, not not insignificant, but they'll be incremental to the whole. The takeaway for First First Republic, it's not SVB. 
diversified base. They're, they did a, they're, their whole business strategy was a lot different. The problem is, to what you said, that all of these regionals are getting slapped with the same brush across the board. They all sold off today. Go ahead, you want to say something? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, our friend Danny Moses was on the show earlier this week, and he actually made a really interesting point, is that the difference between 08, 09 and what's happening now is that we've kind of, we've just exchanged credit risk for, uh, for interest rate risk, yeah. right? Right. So what comes after the interest rate risk with all these banks? It's credit risk, right? So we've been talking about the HYG guy and Karen right. and Tim on this desk for a long time, and we've been talking about the relative weakness, and it has tracked the S&P 500, but we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of defaults. We had Jim Chanos on the show last yeah. month, I think, talking about the commercial real estate space. So do credit issues come after Could the be. insurance rate shock, and is that the thing that keeps these banks down? And I'll say the last point about when you think about what's going to come with all of these bailouts, and there will be more, is going to be further regulation. And that makes these banks just much less investable, right. so, in my so opinion. So the way, the way I thought, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with anything yeah. that you just said. So the, the, the only issue is that I, I take is that the large cap banks took $30 billion. Granted, they didn't give it out of their pocket and it's gone forever, but they don't want these banks to fail. Yellen sat down with Jamie Dimon and said, you're going to figure this out. So if Jamie Dimon's sitting at that table, the regulation that's coming down the pike is going to be drafted by Jamie Dimon. That doesn't necessarily mean you want to own the stock, though. It doesn't. No, well, J- J.P. Yeah. Morgan is a different story than First Republic. Oh, First I, Republic, I for me, agree, but that for me is a momentum play. If you believe that the banks were, were going to face credit problems because of the cycle that we're in, that certainly doesn't go away and it gets worse. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think J.P. Morgan is going to have a credit problem that we're talking about. I think that they could have problems, but it's going to be, as I started off, incremental at best. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. What's going to happen with incremental loan growth? You know, these banks are going to retrench a little bit. There's going to be less of that. So from a macroeconomic standpoint, that's difficult. Look at all the senior loan officer surveys that we saw over the past couple of quarters already tightening massively. This is going to make that worse. So it's going to hurt profitability at the banks. And it's also going to hurt economic growth, which was already slowing. All right, let's move on here. Take a look at the major indices end of the day, all closing well in the red. The Dow leading the losses down more than 380 points, erasing the gains for the week. The Nasdaq and S&P, though, managed to stay in the green. One big bright spot, big tech, the nice Fang Plus Index up 9% since Monday. Um, Dan is just not buying this, not at all. Yeah, so you said uh, it says the fattest trade. And I'm not going to body shame the, the, the NASDAQ <laughs> here. I'm just not going to do that. But what I was saying was the fattest pitch, Mel. Fattest and Guy's not here, so we can't make sports um, analogies here. When I look at what just happened in some of these largest tech names, it was a flight to stability. I'm not going to call it quality right now because I don't think the quality of the earnings represent what I think we're going to see out of most of them over the balance of this year. And so when I look look at just the rally that Tesla just had, that NVIDIA just had, Microsoft just had, even Google has had um, a big rally here. I think that when you think about S&P earnings and what expectations sit right now um, for the year, I think that we are going to have lower earnings. I think at best they're going to be flat. They're still expected to be up 10%. I think some of those names that we just mentioned that are the largest names in the NASDAQ, they're also the largest names in the S&P 500. So to me, you know, I've been gone for a few days. One of the first things I did this morning is pretty short on the, on the QQQ. And there was also this MSCI rebalancing that was happening. It was triple witching. Yeah. A lot of goofy stuff happens with this. So I, I just don't like those moves that happen in these stocks. And I think it's harder to press financials and some of these things that have been hard hit at the epicenter of this thing. I think you can go after the NASDAQ here. And look, some of it is overdone. There's no doubt about it. We're going to talk about NVIDIA later. I think that's, that's one of those names. But you mentioned slower earnings. I've talked about this a number of times. I was way early on the trade. Admit that 100%. But where do you want to be when earnings growth is slow?
slowing. You want to be in companies that are somewhat insulated from the cyclical nature of the economy. I think some of these tech names are that. They've also seen a big valuation re-rating. Some of that has come out of those names recently. But at the same time, if you do have a Fed that hikes less than everybody thinks it's going to, overall, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. You go back to history, the first rate hike is not good. But that could support some of these multiples in a cycle where those earnings hold up a little bit better. You, you, You buy growth companies in a falling rate environment. So to everything that you said, they might be able to hold this. I always believe there's going to be a reversion whenever you see a spike up or, or a dive down. But if you think that rates have peaked and many people or are closer to the end, which we are, right, we have to be closer mm-hmm. to the end, then you want to be buying growth stocks, then you want to be buying tech stocks. Well, and you, you want to be ready to average into them because think about, we haven't had the recession yet, Steve. Oh, I, I mean, like, so think, think about we'll get, that. I think we'll get the reversion. I think, yeah. you'll, I think you get these things. Everything was a little frothy because yeah. people are looking for management teams because if you look at banking stocks right now with the Biden administration coming right at them with everything with the failures that are going on, they're not the favorite management teams. Right. Tech is right now, and your money is is quasi safe. I have a question. Bank stocks stop going down for whatever reason. They just stop going down. Does the tech tech trade still have momentum? Mm-hmm. The tech trade has been very interesting because it worked on the way up in January and February. Now it's also working on the way down. So I, I think it, it's sort of turning into this less risk on, risk off, and more people looking at the earnings picture. So I think you still want to own those names or at least have reason, reasonable exposure just because of where we are in the earnings and economic cycle, regardless of what's going on in some of the more cyclical areas, banks, industrials, I mean, go down the list. All right, so let me just make something that's a, a guarantee right here. Oh, is that there, there are going <laughs> to be... So this is a guarantee. You can take this to the bank. Let's figure out how to trade it. Um, there will be far fewer bankers on Wall Street at the end of this year. Okay, so you think about that. What is there's been far fewer bankers since the financial crisis. So that's right. But think about the acceleration that's going to happen this year. Okay, we're having banks go under. We're going to have banks consolidated. We're going to have banks that are using technology better. Right. And so when you think about all these cloud services, you think about these SaaS products, you think about a whole host of different things. They are going to go down in usage this year. That's just going to happen here. So to me, I think you can track it. And we're also at a period right now where we just saw unemployment rate pick up off of 53 year lows. We just went to 3.6%. There's a really good likelihood that if we do have a recession this year, we're going to have the unemployment rate above 4%. It's just not good for a lot of those services. So, again, with the valuations where they are and a bunch of those names that we just talked about, especially the Microsoft and the Apple trading at mid-20s or so, they're just not that interesting right here, especially if we haven't seen the big hits to uh, EPS that I think is going to happen over the next few quarters. Well, Dan made the labor market point. I think that's key. Everybody's saying, where, where is the next shoe going to drop relative to the labor market? It's extremely strong. The consumer is extremely strong. Well, maybe this is part of it. And you finally start to see those cracks, not only from tech, but it starts to bleed into some of these other areas. I think that's something that's really, really important relative to where we are in terms of uh, this economic cycle and the potential recession that's coming. All right. So after a volatile week of trading, where do markets go from here? Let's bring in the chart master who's here at the top. Oh, oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Well, when I heard guarantee, you know, I had to. Because <laughs> that's a big word. But anyway, um, you know, it's funny. I was, I was looking at something. So Today is a Friday, right? And two years ago, on a Friday, guess what happened? FedEx beat, Nike missed. And we were all sitting here, and guess what the S&P, it is exactly unchanged. It's 13.16 today, it was 13.13 then. The market has made absolutely no progress in two years. And while there's been a lot of volatility, I don't think much is coming. Uh, I think the offsets, you see this money flow into 
Apple, into Microsoft, but that's already run its course to some extent. And yet this catatonic, and rightly so, abandonment of banks and financials and energy. But we're just churning. And, and, and the thing that we, let me say this, all my calls with clients, everyone, because their job is to beat the bench, right? As, as uh, managers, uh, custodians of assets, they're constantly trying to figure out that chess match. But, and you know this as much because you're doing it, um, sometimes it's very hard to do that and also this, we all see direction. So think about the market, it's been very directional. From the 18 low all the way up until COVID, we were straight up. And then we went straight down when we crashed. Then we went straight up, government induced or not, all the way from the COVID low to the highs, and then went straight down. We haven't had a sideways period in a long time. And there are endless periods in history, in the 70s, in the 50s, where you are sideways. And I think that's what this is. And now, either that's the opportunity to pick winners, or it's the opportunity to churn and never quite I have a question, away. though. Yeah. One week ago, or not one week ago, a week and a half ago, did you also think that we were in for a sideways period before this whole bank well, meltdown so, happened? And that's what the pair of two is. I mean, I know yeah. it gets so boring. People say, well, you're kind of saying that a lot. Well, because hold means nothing. Hold is a, is a Wall Street euphemism for sell. We don't want to infest, you know, offend people. It is a pair of two. It's not a big hand here. There are big hands, and you, and you get risk or reward. Do you step in and buy banks? A lot of people make that case. That's high risk, high reward. But the aggregation, equities as an asset class, as measured by the Russell 3000 or the S&P, they are basically stuck going nowhere. And I think the temptation is always to see direction. Carter, thank you. We'll see you in a few on Options Action. Um, guaranteed. Guaranteed. You'll see guaranteed. Them. <laughs> Uh, Grasso, quickly, what do you think about this? Yeah, so, so I, I agree, and I, and I felt the same way. I think we're in a trading range. We dipped down to the lower end of that trading range, kind of broke it. 38.15 is a huge level in the S&P. I don't think we, we have the ability to rally all the way back up to that trading range, which the top of it was 4,200. So just watch that 38.15 level in the S&P to the downside. You know what's also guaranteed is that the banks are going <laughs> to report their Q1 earnings. They're going to be the first in the cycle. Too. That's going to be in mid-April. And I just got to think as much time that these bankers are going to be spending in Washington over the next few weeks, the level of transparency, there is no fudging stuff for their Q1 earnings and their, their current outlook right now. And I think that could be a really like nasty period. I think we probably sell off into it a little bit. And I also think that what this bank situation does for a lot of companies who've been doing death by a thousand cuts as it relates to 2023 outlooks, I think it gives them a mulligan to actually yes. maybe go Absolutely. out there, yep. take down the guidance. And maybe that's the thing that uh, I listen, what, what bugs me about the market right here, and I totally respect what Carter said, and Carter actually had a really nice call from the February highs that the S&P no, uh -huh. the, 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 the was going to come in, that the NASDAQ was going to come in, and they've given back a lot of their gains from the highs in the year. I just think we're going to be retesting those October lows in the not-so-distant future. All right, coming up, a semi-standout. Shares of NVIDIA bucking the broad market sell-off today, posting its highest close since April. That call got the stock surging, and how much more gas is left in the tank? Well, Fast Money's back in two with the answer. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. 
We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. NVIDIA feeling the love from Wall Street today. Morgan Stanley upgrading the name to an overweight, saying the AI potential is, quote, too strong to stay on the sidelines. City also um, getting bullish on the stock, hiking the price target nearly 25 percent to $305 a share. Uh, Interesting the move from the sidelines to now an overweight after this huge run, Jeff. It feels like everyone getting sucked into this AI megatrend, and it's hard to argue that NVIDIA isn't well-positioned for that. They certainly are. So as a multi-year story, this is very much intact. I just have an issue with what the stock has done recently relative to all that and the potential for volatility just around AI headlines alone. It's very expensive again. I think it's 21 times 2024 sales again at this point, and it's 40% above the 200-day moving average. So for a trade jumping into this stock now to follow these upgrades, uh, I would not be doing that. If you're a long-term investor, you like the story, fine. But I think a lot of this good news has been priced in at the moment. There's a difference between flight to Apple or flight to Microsoft and flight to NVIDIA. So, but if you think about it, when there's going to be two sets of people, there's going to be two sets of corporations, people that are making the investment into AI and those that are going to be the recipients of those investments. NVIDIA is going to be at the forefront of the, of the, of the corporations that are going to be receiving that money. But when you look at the stock chart, the stock's up 76% year to date. AMD and NVIDIA have blown away the field by a long shot. So I do agree. I think you can get a better entry point, but this is definitely going to be the tailwind for NVIDIA going forward. Got a, a news alert here on Credit Suisse. Seema Modi's got the latest. Seema. It's a new report from Financial Times that UBS is in discussions to take over all or part of Credit Suisse, with the boards of Switzerland's two biggest lenders set to meet separately over the weekend. And as the FT writes, this would potentially be Europe's most historic banking combination if a deal were to come through since the financial crisis. Uh, Again, UBS is said to be looking at Credit Suisse to take over part or all of the embattled bank that, of course, has seen its shares rocked this week and concerns over its financial stability, even after the Swiss National Bank stepped in. We are seeing Credit Suisse move higher on this report. You can see up about 5% in extended trade. More as we get it. Melissa? Seema, thanks. Seema Modi, again, this is according to the Financial Times. Keep in mind, Bloomberg yesterday reported that UBS was not interested in Credit Suisse. Granted, things may have changed in the past 24 hours, um, but these are the sort of headlines that you get 
amidst a, a banking crisis, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't make you feel good. I mean, we obviously knew the Credit Suisse had issues, and that's been around for a long time. So relative to counterparty risk and some of these other things, maybe that's been diversified to a degree. But just in terms of the sentiment right now, I don't think news like this particularly helps. You see the stock up in the after hours, but I, I ultimately think that that fades and it just creates more anxiety around the situation. All right, coming up, a Bitcoin breakthrough, the crypto touching a level it hasn't seen since June of last year, and it's bringing a bunch of stocks along for the ride. How to trade these names next and throughout March, we are celebrating women's heritage. Here's CEO and co-founder of Rent a Runway. We're all capable of way more than we give ourselves credit for. Women need to dream extremely big for their lives. The bigger you dream, the bigger the outcome is going to be. I started Rent the Runway when I was 27. I didn't have any experience. And the thing that has led me to where I am today is just putting one foot in front of the other and continuing to be positive, continuing to be resilient along the way. So don't give up on yourself because you will actually be able to achieve way more than you've ever dreamed of. It is Bitcoin surging 34% since last Friday for its best week since January 2021. Now it at its highest level since last June. Crypto link stocks also coming along for the ride. Marathon Digital, Coinbase, MicroStrategy all seeing huge gains this week with Marathon jumping more than 50%. What did you call the now? Was that fat pitch? Is that the term? That is, this, is this another fat pitch? Fat pitch? Hmm. I just find it very uninteresting. I think if you think about Bitcoin and how it acted last year in the period that we've had the highest inflation in 20 years. One of the pillars of the bull case was as an inflation hedge. Now, it's obviously acting well as, you know, like centralized financial systems, everything like that are kind of going haywire. I just don't find it that interesting. And then you think about all the money that's pouring into Coinbase up more than 100% in the year. Um, you know, that doesn't look interesting to me either. If you think about how much market cap has been lost in the traditional banking sector, this is a $17 billion market cap company. This is one way to express this view. I don't think it's going to be a good long-term one. Well, and what's the biggest risk right now relative to banks? And everybody's flying to Bitcoin because of what's going on with banks. It's regulation. What's the biggest risk yeah. to Bitcoin going forward? It's regulation, and it's probably just gotten worse, so it makes me really skeptical. Really gets worse? I think it does, because they're already in the crosshairs, and I think now, generally speaking, the regulatory environment gets turned up, and I think Bitcoin it's, is part It's of interesting it. that Melissa said that, because I think there's, a, there's an angle for it to be less, because they're focused so much on banks Bank. right now, where I think you have the ability to say regulation. That was the only headline. thing, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Walking and chewing gum are not the strong suit of Congress here. Um, from hot to not, United Rentals, a major buzzkill in today's trade, down another 6%. It's been an unlucky month for the world's largest equipment rental company. Shares dropping more than 20% in March, putting it on pace for its worst month since March 2020. Jeff, what do you say about this one? Yeah, I have a real quick chart. It's just URI up against manufacturing PMI. And you've seen CAT, you've seen URI move in the opposite direction. Usually they're very cyclical. I think now the economy is finally catching up to these names. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see a mean reversion in CAT, URI, et cetera. Do you know what the price target range is on URI? I was shocked by this. 296 is the low, 950 is the high. 950? 950 okay, on, the, on the price target. You've got to take out like that in the, in the bottom. Okay, so uh, 297 and oh. 949. 
I took out, I took out the two to two board lines. But but there there is if there's ever a company that's situated in the prime zone, mm-hmm. it's a rental company. You don't have to put in that capex and take that long window of payments. You have the flexibility. So you or I wait for yeah, it's good. I think I think if you're going to be in this space and if it's a slowdown, you you get the optionality of not buying into something 100%. That's what makes a market. I just think yeah. less activity means less business for them ultimately. Right. Karen and I were just talking about this on the commute home yesterday after Fast Money, actually. We mm. were, so we were cute. talking about United Rentals. She made the same points, though, yeah. in terms of not wanting to own the equipment up right. front. Yeah. All right. Time for the final trade. Let's go. What? Goes by so quickly on a Friday. Let's go around the horn, Steve. I guarantee you my final trade is NVIDIA, but wait for a pullback. I think you're going to get a better entry. <laughs> Jeff Mills. So I'm going to sell cat here. I think it's finally acting the way it should relative to the economic environment. Dan, it's nice to have you back here in New York City. It's great to be back with you guys. I feel like if Steve is correct and NVIDIA pulls back, I guarantee that the QQQ, the NASDAQ yeah, 100, will come in also. I just think that some of those yeah. big names have just kind of really overshot. They went parabolic this week. I think they kind of revert a little bit. All right. QQQ. A lot of it. guaranteeing. That's a no, compliance. No, no, no. no, no. I made one guarantee. She hedged a One guarantee. On I'm fairly certain it's going to happen. There's going to be less bankers at the end of the I can guarantee you something else, too. Our Over time is show. expired. Or options action. Yep. Our time is up here for Fast. Yeah. See you back here on Monday. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Options action is up next. Guaranteed. <laughs> What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.